0: I'm Chad Ruthermond And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. It's hand-to-hand combat. Today, we're going to be talking about the Pokemon Trading Card League, uh, which was released on the Game Boy in 1998 and was developed by Hudson Soft and Creatures Inc. And was notably the first game to be published by the Pokemon Company, which is the huh. the like three company... Whatever, Ga- <laughs> g- gang.
1: They roam the streets of Tokyo and beat up people who play their games. Is that Nintendo Game Freak and who's the third? Creatures. Oh, Creatures Inc. okay. Yeah. and they all own like an equal share. That's uh, the economic
0: talk <laughs> for this episode. Uh, <laughs> um, so I do want to talk about the Pokemon trading card game. Like, I'm pretty. I do want to do that as yes. <laughs> as we'll say in the episode episode Nugget Pocket episode 12 I do want to talk about this game comma <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I feel like I want to take a step back and sort of abstract
1: away from it real quick I feel like it, it warrants that
0: yeah so uh, this game centers around remaking the mechanics of an existing like Paper card game mm-hmm. that actually exists in the real world, and uh, I'm I'm a Magic the Gathering player, which probably surprises no one as a host of a video game podcast, uh, and have been playing since like '96, like since I was a small <laughs> child, and that those years in like those intervening years uh, have shown many card games attempt to sort of put themselves into the into the virtual world. Mm-hmm. And what we've sort of settled on with that, with games that exist currently, like Hearthstone and uh, Magic Arena, and to a lesser extent games like Gwent and uh, the Elder Scrolls card game and the Final Fantasy card game, whatever. Et cetera, all these, et cetera. Yeah. Is that the games are just basically a menu system... For playing the game at hand. Just a simulation. Yeah. And this game really shows the level of artifice they thought was necessary to put around the game (laughs) in order to play the Pokemon card game.
1: Yeah. I feel like one of the reasons they did that is because this is clearly aimed at young children. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the big. Like, I, I hadn't even thought about this game in probably like over 10 years uh which one of the reasons i wanted to do it because we both owned it right and i assume like m- most kids who liked pokemon in the 90s also just coincidentally own this game
0: yeah to i think to, to put into context some a little bit that i read before coming on here was that this was like the fourth best-selling game in Japan in the year that it came out, mm. uh, which is kind of crazy, but it did have the Pokemon name on it. But... Exactly,
1: yeah. But anyway, as I was saying, um, one of the big hurdles to like playing this now is the time investment. This game assumes its audience is eight and has <laughs> infinite free time because like, you can be playing a match because it's like, Real, like it's as much time as it would take to play one in real life, so you can be playing for like 10 minutes and then have like a string of bad luck and lose and have to like start all over, and it's super discouraging. It is, uh, also, like
0: it, it, in my experience, takes even longer to play than a match of Pokemon in real life because. In real life, you don't have to navigate a menu to look right. at your hand, which is kind of like, like you basically, by the end of this game, which spoilers, I didn't get to the end of the game, uh, you have to have just memorized all the cards that you have, because checking them is just not like feasible from like a normal human
1: being's <laughs> level of patience perspective. Yeah, it is a bit annoying that yeah it feels like there should be some kind of quick view, like way to view a cards like text. Yeah, 90s pokemon games were
0: not particularly well known for doing things in a quick and efficient manner. No. So I'm I'm not terribly surprised by this decision, but it's a little little irritating, I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, before we get too far away from it though, I do want to talk about the fact that this is like a kind of an adventure game or however you want to put it. It takes like the aesthetic of like the original Pokemon games. It kind of looks like a middle ground in between like the first and second generations of Pokemon, where it has like the simpler sprites of the first game, but it's all in color and like a little bit more like polished. And it's got a really cool soundtrack. That's probably one of like the best things about it. Yeah. And It's just it's really novel even to this day that it it, because it kind of follows the formula of the main games where like you start out as like a young protagonist and you go to the professor's lab and he gives you a starter deck and he teaches you how to play and then you go and you challenge all the clubs and beat their leaders and then there's like an elite four equivalent that you have to fight as well so I mean like it is a neat idea yeah it's very of its time i
0: i feel like uh even saying that it it like mimics a typical pokemon game or the first generation of pokemon games is even giving it slightly more credit (laughs) yeah i don't know how else to word to to describe it (laughs) it is just like exactly a pokemon game but they just took the routes out yeah. They replaced the a world with a fast travel system. Yeah, mm-hmm. to allow you to go to the different gyms or clubs. Uh, and then you battle the people there. And they're even like NPC trainers that you can also battle to get cards from to build your deck. Yep. Uh, and I believe that the way that I felt about this when I was seven was this is a really good idea and I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think, to right now, I still kind of think that. I think that was a good route to take this. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it ages much worse. Because at the time, it felt like, oh, it's like they mapped the card game that I know and have played onto the video game that I know and have played. And it makes sense, because they're the same brand or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now that we have, in previous episodes of the podcast many times stated Pokemon has been rehashing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. It now makes this look like much much less <laughs> of a unique idea.
1: yeah. yeah it it feels uh very much like what it is, at least from my perspective, which is they wanted to release this game to teach kids already like the main series games how to play the card game Mm -hmm. and I know I learned how to play the card game from this like I only ever collected them and had no clue how to play the game before ever interacting with this if I remember correctly and we're taxing my memory pretty hard (laughs) going back
0: this far but uh, I think that this was my first exposure to the card game as a whole like I don't think that I even knew it existed before the game came out so there's that, <laughs> and I did buy the card, so it did
1: work. Yeah, I, they had me in their in their grubby little paws. Yeah, it's crazy just how much like how popular the cards were, given that like I feel like ninety percent of kids d- never played the card game. <laughs> Hashtag only ninety percent <laughs> of kids. <Yeah. laughs> but like I remember, uh, there was a period of time where. My sister and I took piano lessons out at the mall, and we would always, or not always, but often stop at Toys R Us and get Pokemon cards as well while we were over there. And I just remember that being, like, a big deal Mm -hmm. for me, you know, as a seven-year-old. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: even as an adult, like... And we talked about this with JJ when he was over recording a few days ago about, like, buying ourselves, like, reward packs of Magic the (laughs) Gathering. Like, this is, like, a definite, like, the, the whole, like trading card sort of like loot box esque design
1: is designed to give you that sort of like dopamine trigger. So there's a lot of fond memories. That's the thing is though is I just put the cards in a binder though. (laughs) Like it was just a collection to me. Yeah. And but I like I got really excited about it. And they would do like the like hosted like events there too at the Toys R Us where Mm. like people would actually like play the game. Uh, and I know my my uh, one of my cousins used to play, but like I never even like attempted to learn. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do see. I don't know. I have a couple of of things because the first one is I feel like Pokemon cards have a have are especially good for collecting purposes and for selling on the prospect of of creating a collection because Pokemon, the franchise, the characters are supposed to be what you sort of, like, attach to. Mm -hmm. And so your favorite Pokemon could be, like, a card in the set, and you can just get it, and it's not really tied to how good the card is. You just want that card because it has that Pokemon. Right. And that's, like, a whole, like, that's just a thing... That you can do. Like, if I buy a pack of Magic cards, like, I'm not excited that I got, like, a Vidalkin or something. (laughs) Oh, I love this one. Like, (laughs) I'm entirely focused on, like, the the mechanical value that the card provides. Or monetary in some cases. Whereas with Pokemon, like, you could, if I can buy a foil cellophane (laughs) wrap. Pack and get a uh, get and get a tiny card representation of your virtual best friend, <laughs> and that's a really strong selling point, and, mm-hmm. and is good for for collecting. The other thing, though, on the while we're on the anecdotes about the Pokemon <laughs> card game, yes. is I remember like. This is, like, a year into college, so this is pretty <laughs> far outside the realm of me buying Pokemon cards. Yes. I took all of my Pokemon cards that I just had in a box mm-hmm. to a friend's house, and we were like, let's just, like, figure this out and play around. Yeah. And so everyone's, like, going through, and people were going through decks and going, like, or going through the, the cards and being like, oh, I'm gonna need, like, this many energy cards or whatever and, like, refine the shit. And it's like, none of us have played in years, but still have some understanding of how it works. Mm -hmm. And I feel
1: like a lot of that is because of this game, and not because we all play the card game. I I was never a big card game person, just in general, as a kid. Uh, So this, the actual Game Boy game, was, like, really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember it being kind of, like, impenetrable, and, like, (laughs) off-putting. But, uh coming back to it now uh having played magic since then i I felt like that helped a lot Mm -hmm. like just understanding like how any card game works like trading card game it they have like a kind of similar dna
0: yeah and well at the time the game was also made by wizards of the coast who Mm. made and still makes magic so the uh To to actually get into the game, and uh, because the mechanics of the game are so heavily tied to the card game, we can kind of talk about these things at the same time. Right. I I feel like one of the things that coming back to this game uh, has done is made me realize that, like, every card game has a rocky start, and they do some things that seem reasonable but are actually, like, maybe not all that reasonable. (laughs) There's a concept in, in, uh, like... Deck building, like card games, that's called card advantage, which is like how much, re- how many resources do y- can you acquire in relation to your opponent? And there are cards in the Pokemon trading card game that are totally free to play called trainer cards that just give you infinite cards. And it makes making a deck. For me, challenging to put in things that make me want to actually win the game, Mm -hmm. and instead just fill the deck with cards that make me draw a lot of cards. (laughs) That is your (laughs) your thing. It really is. And so, like, Professor Oak is a trainer card that just says, discard your hand, draw seven cards. It's Wheel of Fortune, but it's in... Pokemon and I'm just like fuck yeah! I always want to draw seven cards. Why would I not want to draw seven cards? And then I just get like tanked by the other guy because I mm. just threw away like a bunch of energy or something.
1: Yeah, and the the way, for at least from my experience, I beat two of the clubs, uh, and it really feels like the AI always gets a good hand. Yeah, and like it's really frustrating when you draw a shit hand. Because you can't do anything. About yeah, it. yeah. You just you can't like read. You know what's that called? Mulligan. Yeah, you can't mulligan, and they'll just like destroy you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ideally, like, and you what?
0: And you kind of just have to. Is there like a quit? Can you like? I mean, you can do because what I would probably do is just turn the game quit. On and yeah, turn back on.
1: Um, as I w- I was just playing it and I couldn't find the option. I didn't really look that hard though, so it might be there. But I think that there isn't one. Yeah, you just had to turn the game off. Yeah,
0: so you either turn, have <laughs> to turn the game off or sit there while you just get your ass handed to mm-hmm. you. I hope but... that it goes quickly. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> which seems like kind of a questionable decision. Yeah. Um. Did you? <laughs> there's this one uh, NPC that's like a mime. Yeah. Did you run into that guy? I I did. I I have like. A recurring nightmare
0: <laughs> that started when I was very young about this game. Mm-hmm.
1: That that was the thing about this game that really stood out to me as a kid, and I'm kind of surprised that there isn't, like, a creepy pasta about that character. <laughs> or if there is one, I haven't read it, and I will search for it after this recording. <laughs> right.
0: We'll, we'll come back. The, wait the five seconds after the end of the episode and see if we come back and we're like, <laughs> Guys, hold on. <laughs>
1: But I'm pretty sure that's based on, like, a real person.
0: Yeah, he's, like, a Japanese comedian, if I remember correctly. That sounds
1: right. Yeah, it, it's, I, it always stuck out to me because it's super weird. Mm-hmm. He has his own, like, art, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Like, his own card.
0: Yeah, I think they actually print the or printed those as, like, a promotional yeah. thing that
1: they're, like, not allowed to be used well, in the game. And one thing that really stands out about this game is how well they recreate the card art. Mm-hmm. I just remember that being really impressive at the time, and it still looks really good. Because, like, they're pretty high detail. I guess this game is pretty simplistic graphically, so they're able to do that. But uh, it looks really good.
0: We did, because we've talked about, like, I hate that, like, we keep bringing this up, but the Super Mario Land 2 episode... In multiple times, we brought up how good that game looks graphically mm-hmm. compared to other things that released in a similar time frame. Now, this was like the Game Boy Color. It's another sort of a console generation step up. Yeah. And it's uh, like there's a six year gap between the games. Yeah. But like I'm amazed at how well cause like you look at that, you go like, oh wow, they really made those sprites
1: recognizable
0: versus that literally looks like a thing that I own. Yeah. It's crazy how good the art looks.
1: Yeah, it's because I, I would imagine it's because there's no animation mm-hmm. that they're able to to show more detail on the screen. Yeah, you can
0: put like Yeah, I think more detail's probably <laughs> yeah. all I was gonna come <laughs> up with there. <laughs> But just like the small things. Like when you're making pixel art, the little bits that like add depth to the image Mm -hmm. makes it it would like with animation you would have to then move those, which would become a disaster instantaneously. So uh so yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Crazy good shit though. (laughs) Uh one thing this game does uh, that I'm actually kind of amazed, like looking back, is it allows you pretty much full customization of your deck
1: mm-hmm. just whenever sort of you want to. <laughs> and you can save at several different yeah, ones. It's up to four. Yeah. Which I.
0: That fact is not something I picked <laughs> up from playing. it just happened to read it recently. Yeah.
1: But, uh,
0: yeah. And that's. And yeah. So you can save multiple decks and you can. Customize them entirely using the collection of cards that you amass. And you rebattle people to get booster packs. The booster packs contain the same cards when you beat people again.
1: Yeah, that's another thing where uh you go to the PC and like you get an email from the professor that tells you that, like, to rebattle people to get the cards you want. And it's like, Man, yep. Aimed at eight year olds. <laughs> like just do the same thing over and over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, is, it gives you a consistent way of getting that's the same true card, that's true so that yeah. is a thing no,
1: no it is a good decision but man it's just all so time consuming <laughs> it really is
0: but like that's something that not even like i mean I mean I don't know I don't want to like go quite that far there's a really popular version of the magic online not online but magic offline. <laughs> Right, Uh, like video game Magic: The Gathering, uh, called Duels of the Planeswalkers, that was really popular because it looked really good and like its interface was pretty seamless. And if you've played Magic Online, you know it's the opposite of that. Looks really bad and is impossible (laughs) to play. Uh, And so that got really popular, but there were like eight possible customization options like it was very slim mm-hmm. and changing too many things would just make everything unplayable yeah and this game came out like literally 15 years prior to that and it's just like nah dude go nuts like <laughs> yeah. you know where to get the cards you know how to get them and then you can like sort of assemble a strategy
1: yeah assuming that you know the cards Yeah. And you can actually trade cards like with a link cable. I never did that. Um, But I just thought that was a really cool thing that it allows you to do that. And I'm pretty sure it has like an import option. Like you can save decks. I don't know if you need another copy of the game. Like you can import it from another... Oh, yeah, from another like, save file Yeah, from another save file. I don't know what you would store the data on other than another Game Boy cartridge. Yeah, it
0: might just be like you can sort of trade decks with people where yeah. they send like a list, and then if you have the cards, it compiles it for you. Yeah.
1: So I, that, if you had two copies of the game, that would make it really easy to replay it, and you just send it your really good deck over yeah. <laughs> and just Steamroll the game.
0: <laughs>
1: I also like to, uh,
0: to call out Card Pop, which, in addition to being kind of a precursor to mystery gifts mm-hmm. uh, from later Pokemon games, also, it's just a really, like, kind of catchy and cool name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a good idea, and they kind of have implemented it with amiibos in recent games where, like, you'll scan the amiibo and it'll just, like, give you a randomized not that great reward, but it's, like, something for yeah. doing it. And this is just like, oh, you run into somebody? Card pop. Everybody gets a free card. Yeah. Like, this is a cool
1: mechanic, and I think encourages people to actually, like, talk about the game. Yeah. Looking back, Pokemon really was ahead of the curve on, like, social features at the time. They've since been, uh...
0: (laughs) Slightly behind, Yeah, they've
1: fallen a little bit behind, but they used to be at the forefront of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I never really personally interacted with it, so I don't really have much else to say other than it's cool that it's in there.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing, is, like, you're right that they were ahead of the curve socially because... Their games not only like. Uh, they encouraged player to player interaction, like in game, but even more than that, they encouraged people to discuss the games. Yeah. Uh, like you might do on our Discord server, link in the description. <laughs> uh, uh, like with each other to like. You could, like, theoretically work together with a friend to, like, brew a deck, or in the other Pokemon games just talk about, like, oh, where did you find that Growlithe? It's like, oh, he's in this route, in that grass. Right. And, uh, I don't know, that's, that's like, kind of, I think was sort of their design philosophy, and the fact that they carried it
1: into even this version of the game, I don't know, it's just really neat yeah my own personal experience is that i i feel like everyone i knew had this game but like no one ever actually really played it uh but as you said like it was the fourth most like highest selling game boy game in japan the year it came out and i can imagine that it was probably like the social features were probably used a lot over oh, yeah. there because that's kind of more like the way they're like uh their culture is that they um like the the social features of pokemon uh arose from the kind of like social like the teen culture (laughs) yeah spending a lot of time on public
0: transit and stuff like that like kind of breeds Mm -hmm. that that sort of a thing which is still like Limited by the Game Boy being the Game Boy and the fact that right, a yeah. match on this would take you the length of a bus trip to play, mm-hmm. uh, but no, it is it is still it is still good. Um, I want to talk about, and we kind of skirted by this a little bit earlier, <laughs> but I think we need to come, we need to bring it to justice here in talking about the plot of this game that exists <laughs> for some reason. You're gonna
1: to have to give me a refresher.
0: <laughs> it's specifically because it's a very, it's very simple because it's the same as like a regular Pokemon game, uh-huh. except the reason that you're going on your spirit journey to collect all the cards and defeat all opponents uh, is not in this case just like the personal gratification of becoming champion of the nation uh-huh. or to uh, whatever and. They have, like, in the more recent games where you have to bring balance to the forces of nature or whatever with the legendary Pokemon, the secondary storyline. Uh-huh. In this game, your goal is to collect the four legendary Pokemon cards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I guess it makes sense in a sort of, like, Pokemon anime or, like, Yu-Gi-Oh anime situation.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like it... If in the main games, like your ultimate goal was to like catch the legendary Pokemon, like I can kind of see that, and it and it gels with like the collecting aspect of the of a trading card game. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like on the outside, to me,
0: it sounds like the craziest thing <laughs> that they could have thought up and then just went with it, because like the idea of having like a legendary card uh-huh. is
1: like what was it like crafted by the gods yeah, like it's, it's like, like uh the golden tickets to willy wonka's shot fan. they only printed one of each
0: yeah and and it is like the golden tickets or like a, <laughs> like the legendary pieces of exodia okay yeah situation yeah. because like that's the only thing they think they could have done <laughs> yeah like I, it's like they had no other option even though that option was crazy <laughs> but i do i love it like in in the abstract it's insane but i love it yeah uh and i I like that like you get them and you put them in your deck even and you can even like battle the same guy more than once to get multiple copies of the legendary (laughs) cards we have a
1: deck of only (laughs) (laughs) those.
0: it seems like you could really corner the market there yeah but it's yeah the the legendary cards are fittingly the three legendary birds uh-huh. and uh Knight, which is a little less fitting mm. but i guess they didn't want to put like mew in or something. Yeah. i don't
1: know i was gonna guess mew too but yeah and i actually you- i actually got a Dragonite from a booster pack <laughs> this is a legendary dragon ah, okay it's a different different uh,
0: which is apparently this is all because once again i didn't finish this this time through mm-hmm. uh I looked this up, and the legendary dragonite actually did get printed as a card. Nice, uh, but and the other ones all involve the computer doing something at random, so they can't be printed on physical cards. Uh, Which is one a huge missed marketing opportunity, but two also a genius use of the medium because like if you're gonna do a game like this, why not have like some end
1: game crazy shit yeah. that can't happen in real life? So what exactly do you mean by that? Like what's random about it? It's like it's like what the the card does or
0: Yeah, I couldn't find like hard text just looking for it. Um but the implication was that it was something uh Yeah, it might actually just be better audio if I just like literally google it right now and see if I can actually find <laughs> it. Thank you for holding. Your podcast is very important to us. Please stay on the line, and we will be back to you as soon as possible. And I'm back. <laughs> After having looked that up, I think the way that um, it's not used in the game, like in the in the paper game, mm-hmm. is mostly because uh, they just choose not to print things that are like, choose something at random, mm-hmm. uh, which is like... While they're, like, sort of kitchen table ways that you could do a random effect, the, like, doing it, like, in an official manner is usually not... People don't love that. Right. Uh so that's why they only printed the Dragonite, which does not do that. Okay. And like in the moltres's case it like fetches uh fire energy out of your deck randomly between one and four of them. Uh, okay. uh yeah, and the Zapdos deals thirty damage to a random uh Pokemon on your opponent's side of the field. Okay. That kind of a thing. So there's it. Okay. Man, the tempo is just gone.
1: <laughs> I feel like I battled a trainer with a Pidgeot that did exactly that though. <laughs> that just did random it, it, damage. It had like a a move called like Razor Wind or something that's not, like, you know, like a real Pokémon move or whatever. But um it it did I think exactly that. It did 30 damage to a random Pokémon on like in my uh on the bench yeah on the bench yeah uh i don't know (laughs) that
0: i'm not wizards of the coast that's weird (laughs) yeah but uh well that's another like random elements there's already a ton of random chance involved in any kind of card game like this Mm -hmm. uh and i feel like pokemon really leans into that more than i've would prefer for a game like this because one of the things like you mentioned where you can just kind of get bad luck for a little while is not just like you don't draw the cards you need but it could also be your attack involves you flipping coins and like you just not landing them Mm -hmm. and that is also incredibly frustrating
1: yeah when i was younger i i got pretty good at always flipping it heads up because if you hit the a button like when you can see pikachu's face because like the coin spins it'll always land heads up but it's really hard to execute on that is that actually a mechanic in the game i i don't know if that's intended it's just like a thing i figured out okay (laughs) like I, i got the timing down right to where like i would always hit it like right on the second spin and then it would always land heads up you know most of the time
0: Interesting. And back
1: when I had, like, infinite free time uh, as, like, a preteen or whatever, I got, like, to where I could do it, like, 75% of the time. All the time? All the time. 100% of the time, 75% of the time. time.
0: Uh, Man, okay, I wanted, because, like, my initial thought on that was is this going to be like the hold B while you throw a Pokeball (laughs) to make sure that it catches it? Uh, Where it's like kind of an urban myth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. I didn't look it up. If that's true, then my computer opponent that I played earlier (laughs) did not know this because in one match... This dude used uh, an attack that you, that flipped three coins, did 20 per uh, heads, mm-hmm. three times, and had one heads. That's one in nine Yeah, came up heads.
1: Uh, yeah, I've messed with it enough to know that when you hit A into relation to where the coin is when it's spinning does affect how it lands. Insane. Yeah, no, it's very weird. Uh,
0: I did not know that. So I guess there's bad luck, and I guess there's also incredible
1: skill. <laughs> so, <laughs> skill that's not worth uh, mastering. Because <laughs> I, I know it times out as well. That like if you're just mashing the A button, it will always land heads down. Uh, like it, like if you hit it like right as it comes up, it always lands tails. Man wish i had known all that because i
0: just mashed a a whole lot i didn't even like like because i remember when i started the game right this is this is the level of patience that we're working with here. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: I, when i started playing this i was like oh man this is like chad's worst nightmare yeah so
0: they're like what do you want to <laughs> ask about and it's like this fucking
1: mile long list of rules mm-hmm. and i'm
0: like Nah, I'll (laughs) figure it out as I go along. And I did, fortunately, remember a lot of the rules, but I would have done the exact
1: same thing if I'd never played the game before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to ask about any of that stuff because the tutorial match is slow and grueling (laughs) and makes sure that you know everything.
0: Arguably one of the worst tutorials, like, game-feel-wise,
1: in any game ever. But I feel like it was warranted, because I know I needed that as a seven-year-old. I think that a step-by-step tutorial
0: game was warranted. What was unwarranted is if you do not what they tell you to do exactly, they yell at you and then return you to the beginning Mm. of the turn, which (laughs) makes you redo some steps, Mm -hmm. which is incredibly frustrating, because I wasn't always reading all the words they were saying to me. So I was, uh... I, I got sent back to the beginning of a turn like twice, mm. lengthening the process to yeah. uh, an uh, un, intolerable, intolerable <laughs> degree.
1: Yeah, the tutorial is so long and slow that when I picked it up to play it for the the podcast, I did the tutorial, and then was like, well, that's enough, and then just <laughs> saved it and turned it off, and <laughs> I was like, it takes like a half hour. I'm like, oh, it's enough of this for tonight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll actually play the game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> have we uh, rang the sponge dry?
0: I'm, I'm almost feeling that way. I feel like a lot of the uh, discuss- like a lot of what this game brings to the table, cancel that. <laughs> Do we have final thoughts? Because I do. Uh, You can go first, then. Uh, Because I think that a lot of what this game (laughs) brings to the table Mm -hmm. is just having a computer opponent to play the card game with. So if you're... Whether you're familiar with the card game or not, like, this actually is sort of like a... uh, This is an experience that I think is worth having just for the sake of like i don't know it's it's a really realistic representation of what playing a card game against a person who doesn't look at you or talk or do anything <laughs> is like and that's i don't know it's it's interesting how early that the game came out and how much content is here for the time and it i don't know it 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 is a predecessor of a lot of things that have been more polished and, like, evened out, but the parts of it that feel old and archaic are also, like, the most unique elements of it and not something that I would want to
1: take away from it. Mm -hmm. This game, I feel like, made sense to exist when it came out, Uh, but, like, nowadays, it kind of feels like it just serves... As, like, a nostalgic reminder of just how popular Pokemon was at the time that, like, this game was made. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to imagine, like, a, a new, like, children's IP coming out now and being so successful that it gets a game like this. Mm-hmm. Like, just like a weird spin off that no one would ever think of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But,. Yeah, it does, it feels at, like, both really, like, slow and dated and aimed at children, but simultaneously, like, really unique and creative and interesting. Uh, It's definitely, like, just kind of, like, a bizarre thing to exist. And I, well, I feel like this game will always be intriguing to me, even though, like, it's hard for me to get into it.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine if the Gwent game <laughs> involved like segments where Geralt just walked between like Gwent locations? He just walked Gwent between clubs. like bars. Yeah. He goes to a different <laughs> tavern. Yeah. And they're just people sitting there waiting for opponents.
1: <laughs> uh, it's called the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt.
0: Oh shit. <laughs> Thank you for listening to New no Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? Uh, if, if only I remembered. Only if I. Re- this joke is bad. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're talking about. We are talking about Only If next, right? Only if Chad hadn't made that joke. <laughs> uh, yes, we are. All right. Next time, we're going to be talking about Only If, uh, which. It's now been so long since we played this originally that I remember very little about it, but it is a free download on Steam, so uh, check that out if you want 40 minutes of very bizarre entertainment.
1: Yeah, I remember a couple of key things in it, but I also forget most of it, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it. Word. Word. Word.
0: Until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on NoClipPodcast.com or on SplatterShot.pro. There you can find our email address, links to the YouTube, to iTunes, to Google Play. Check out all of our old episodes. uh, Then check out all of our episodes again on a different platform. Really got to get that view count up. Uh, And then go ahead and join us on our Discord, uh, where... We are... Actually, it's been so recently that we last spoke about the Discord, <laughs> like, recording-wise, that the only thing that's really being talked about right now is the episode that just went up today.
1: Yeah. And, uh, there are few enough people in it right now that if you join, we'll actually talk to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, our conversations have actually had, um, a
1: meaningful discourse. Yeah. At, at least JJ and Chad are good at responding. <laughs> I'm an old man and always forget to check it. This is true. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh,
1: uh, 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 uh. Uh, (laughs) Nickelodeon. (laughs)